0: Welcome to Aging Better in Uncertain Times. I'm Gord Martineau, in studio alongside Dr. Fabio Varlese. Here we help you keep informed and up-to-date on the latest in science, medicine, and technology that helps us all age better in these uncertain times. People can
1: make a a difference in their own outcomes. They can do better than they are with that chronic condition. For sure.
2: We have thousands of people being hospitalized every year, over 10,000 Canadians every year, mostly older people, for just influenza alone, uh, and we have thousands of Canadians dying every year.
0: Aging Better in Uncertain Times, brought to you by Jewel 88.5, L'Oreal, Abacana, and Sanofi Pasteur, in part through an educational grant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly guide into living better, healthier lives so that we can all experience aging better in these uncertain times. Throughout this series, we're going to examine the best ways to prepare ourselves for the future. What's the best advice for our overall health? We're going to look at every aspect affecting your life, and that means physical, mental, financial, nutritional, and medical. We'll cover all the bases. To do that, we'll supply you with high-value information from the leading experts in each field. And by that, I don't mean just everyday opinions. We'll be introducing you to the leading experts in each field, men and women who have studied, worked, and who teach at the highest levels. You have questions, we have the answers. Today, we're talking about living with chronic disease with Dr. Samir Sinha, Director of Geriatrics at Sinai Health. Joining me now in studio is Dr. Fabio Varlese, a medical specialist in internal medicine and geriatric medicine. He's the vice president of medical affairs and chief of staff at Runnymede Hospital, staff specialist at Baycrest Health Sciences. Dr. Varlese is also the assistant professor at the University of Toronto. We've been talking, um, you and I, about COVID-19, immunology, and, and the best way to live your life given the vaccines that are available. What's your best advice to people as they grow older in lives, as they reach their target ages for retirement, like let's say late 50s, 60s, and so on? So um, definitely uh, this
1: becomes more and more of a concern. In fact, even this podcast is all about uh, chronic disease and and managing chronic disease. First of all, it's important to understand what are these chronic diseases for Mm -hmm. our audience? It's obviously heart disease, it's cancer, People live longer with with cancer, chronic lung disease, COPD, stroke, diabetes, uh, kidney disease. And, uh, you know, aside from receiving the appropriate medical care uh, through your primary care uh, physician mm-hmm. um, and accessing specialists on an as-needed basis, it's clear that, you know, it's not just about medicines, although they play a, a significant part in managing these chronic conditions, the appropriateness, in the use of these medications do a major uh, impact on outcomes but but it's clear that we have to also focus on those lifestyle changes that mm. uh, ultimately um, have also a major impact including eating uh, a healthy and well-balanced diet uh, regular uh, physical activity avoiding tobacco excessive alcohol controlling weight um, but uh, clearly, all of this has been very challenging during this period of
0: COVID, clearly, even accessing your own primary care physician. Sure, because, you know, we, we, we are constantly lectured to by medical professionals such as yourself that your lifestyle will determine the, the basic life you have, the wellness that you have as you age. So if you don't pay attention to the things you're doing in your life in terms of your lifestyle, nutrition, exercise, that sort of thing, then you're going to pay for it later. Right. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. In fact, uh, 60% of the reasons why we die are related to cardiovascular disease and cancer and many, uh, certainly many forms of cancer are also preventable through lifestyle intervention. Certainly cardiovascular disease
0: is directly related to your lifestyle for the most part. We mentioned we have the best advice available from the experts and also joining us today is Dr. Samir Sinha. He is the Director of Geriatrics of the Sinai Health System and the University Health Network in Toronto. He's also the Director of Health Policy Research at the National Institute on Aging at Ryerson University. Welcome, Doctor. And um, what would you say are the best things that you can tell a person as they, let's say they're in their 50s, looking ahead to retirement, which is closing in in a matter of 10 years, maybe even less, depending on their circumstance. What would you say the best way to to conduct themselves in terms of their general overall health looking toward wellness.
2: No, it's an excellent question and thanks for having me today. Um I think you know when I when I work with my older patients I'm often working with patients you know two groups uh, a, a younger group that are uh, and and even an older group. I had a pair of 97-year-olds the uh, the other week who were like tell us what we can do to age healthy and well um, because they didn't consider themselves old and they didn't want to get old if you will. Um and uh but, you know, I think there there are the folks who want to stay healthy and well and independent. And then there are those who I often see the majority of my patients who are really struggling with staying independent as well. And so the real goal that I start with is, is the question, what matters most to you? And I think if you were in your 50s, or your 60s, or even in your 90s, I think most people will say, I want to stay healthy and independent as possible because this way I can continue you know, staying active in my own community, I can participate in things that I want to, I can see the grandkids if I want to, whatever they want. But it always really harbors around being independent. And so if that's what your goal is, then the question is, there are things you can do right from birth, if you will, that are going to help you stay healthy and well. So This is where we start looking at, you know, do you have any chronic conditions, for example? Do you have things like high blood pressure? Do you have things, um, have you had a heart attack or a stroke, for example? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have high cholesterol or diabetes? Because if you do have any of these conditions to begin with, there are things that you can do to make sure that you're managing them well. Many of us, as we age, will be living with multiple chronic conditions. And that means that the way we try and approach these or treat them, that really matters as well. that's the serious yeah.
0: challenge is living with chronic conditions as you age because your, your uh, immune system has been compromised by those chronic illnesses and also because of your aging. It's a cellular factor
2: correct? Exactly. So so what I like to talk about is that, you know, as we age, we experience more mileage. You know, if you think about your car, you know, most of our cars don't go beyond 10 years, you know, without a raft of problems, for example. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about living in our fifties our sixties or eighties or nineties, you know, this is a lot of mileage that the body's endured. Um, and this kind of results more frequently in chronic health conditions that we'll be living with. And yes, there are things we can do to prevent and developing chronic conditions like exercise, eating right, doing those sorts of things. But the reality is that many of us will be living with at least one or more chronic conditions. And for many people um, who are older adults, um, they'll be living with multiple chronic conditions. And so there are techniques and things that we can talk about that can help people manage those well, um, so they can stay healthy and independent as much as possible.
0: Fabio, in dealing with your patients on a daily basis, I mean, do they come to you and say, look, I've got this chronic condition is there any hope for me that this will go away or that I will be able to 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 continue to enjoy the mobility that I have given the chronic conditions that I do possess? Uh,
1: definitely. I think that uh,
0: physicians um, uh, should always
1: become better and better at uh, – of uh, uh, spending some time with their patients uh, in educating and counseling them. Mm-hmm. To think that a chronic disease uh, means a specific outcome that affects your quality of life is, is, I think, wrong. I think it's important to be able to give hope while you're educating them. uh, Very clear
0: uh, information as to how they could make that chronic condition better. Because it's fearful for a lot of people aging, you know, with a chronic condition. They're thinking, oh my God, if it's this bad now, how is it going to be in five years?
1: But it's it's up to the clinicians to actually uh, reassure them through counseling education and making them understand understand that they can do better uh, than they are with that chronic condition. And yes, and people can make a, a difference in their own in outcomes.
0: For sure. And Dr. Sinha, the same exists with, with patients when you're trying to tell them, look, it's really important for you to get the immunization that you need to continue to live your life. In, in particular, of course, there's, there's a COVID situation, which is likely to compromise a lot of people But at the same time, we're talking about flu vaccines and and how important it is for people to get the flu vaccine, no matter what age they are, but especially so in their aging years.
2: Yes. And and so when we think about, you know, people who are living with chronic conditions, so if you have a chronic condition like high blood pressure, if you're overweight, if you have diabetes, um, if you have heart disease, these are all, you know, uh, or respiratory issues like what we call COPD or asthma. These are all chronic conditions. So some people might say, I never, I never heard that term, but chronic conditions mean it's, it's a medical condition that you're living with, you know, for literally the rest of your life. And um, And so if you have one of those chronic conditions, we have to realize that this actually puts an extra troll on your immune system um, just beyond aging alone. So what we like to think about is that that for those of us in our society who are young children, for example, our immune systems are just developing. That's why children need to go through a raft of vaccinations in their early years um, before their immune system is more fully developed. So that gives them early life protection. Mm -hmm. But then as we get older, so once we start getting in our 50s, our 60s and beyond, we start having a process called immunosenescence. It's a very fancy word, just meaning that your immune system is starting to weaken as you age. And that makes you a great risk of things like COVID-19. We know that 88% of the deaths that have happened in Canada so far have been amongst older Canadians, partially because their immune systems are weaker and they're more likely living with chronic conditions. And That's the same reason why things like influenza, pneumonia, uh, shingles, all these other conditions, for example, are things that can strike us more likely as we're older um, and are more likely to kill us. And people say, oh, the flu, right? Is that really a big deal? Like, is is that bad? Because, you know, I've, I've, I just, I've, I had the cold, I've been okay. Yep. But influenza is not the common cold. And I think a lot of us kind of often think about cold symptoms as being flu symptoms. Flu is something that can knock you off your feet um, and it can kill you. And we have thousands of hospitalizations every year, especially amongst older people, especially those living with a chronic condition because their immune systems are weaker, who are hospitalized every year. And we have thousands of deaths that occur every year. And the key thing is that if you have not had the pneumonia vaccination, which we recommend for anybody who's an older person, we recommend getting the flu vaccination every single year. Um, we also recommend the shingles vaccination because if you're an older person, you should be getting these vaccinations, and especially if you're living with a chronic health condition.
0: It's all about protecting yourself, right? You know, we're giving you the information; it's up to you to to use this this information to protect yourself.
2: Exactly. And the key thing is that, you know, that that we believe it's so important, especially when this is these are things that can actually save your life, that right now we make the flu vaccination free for any person six months or older. And in fact, this year alone in Ontario, we're ordering you know, tens of thousands, millions of extra doses, because we want to especially make sure that older people are protected. But, you know, again, the pneumonia vaccination available free of charge, you know, and you can actually, I was, I helped advise the government years ago to make sure that you could get these vaccinations, even in the comfort of your local pharmacy, especially if you're having trouble accessing your doctor. So you can get your, flu vaccine. You can get your shingles vaccine. You can get your pneumonia vaccination because we want to make it easy for older adults to get these vaccinations because these are vaccinations that could save your life.
0: And we're dealing currently with a lot of misinformation and suspicion because of various statements that have been made about advice given by the Centers for Disease Control or WHO, the WHO, the World Health Organization. And so people are especially older people who are somewhat mistrustful of everything they hear um, are now thinking, well, gee, I don't know that I needed this or that vaccine or this or that shot. How do you convince people that it is safe and it is productive to go to a clinic or go to a hospital and in the case of seniors get that double dose or that high dose of flu vaccine at this time of year?
2: Absolutely. So the good news is is that we're seeing increased interest amongst older Canadians around um around vaccinations these days because I think everybody is well aware of what's happened in our nursing homes across Canada, but also what's been happening. How COVID nineteen is an enemy to older adults, and principally, it's like any other infection or virus. Yeah. It's something that helps to prey on older people with weaker immune systems as well. So that's why we're really encouraging people who say, "Okay, I, I, I'm I'm putting two and two together. You know, are these vaccines safe? Well, absolutely, right? You know, yes. You know, with you know The key is that we have to remember that our government um, itself that makes these vaccinations freely available, they make sure they go through rigorous testing. And and the key is that your, and, and people have a lot of misinformation out there. They feel that, well, if I take this vaccine, will I get the flu? And the yeah. answer is no, we don't have good evidence to show that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And we've heard a lot of different theories around there. But the key is that these vaccinations are ones that have been developed. They've been approved by Health Canada. Um, and we know that when people start understanding how many people are hospitalized every year. Um, We have about 135,000 ED visits every year just related to pneumonias, which again, many of which are vaccine preventable. We have thousands of people being hospitalized every year, over 10,000 Canadians every year, mostly older people for just influenza alone. Uh, and we have thousands of Canadians dying every year. So the key is this is a vaccination. These are vaccinations that have been developed to help us to try and limit the risk that we will get these, um, we'll get these viruses in the first place. Um, and more importantly, you know, it's, I'm talking about the risk of dying. But so many more Canadians who've been knocked off their feet with influenza or pneumonia are likely to end up returning to their own homes um, with greater disability. And that's disability that could land you in a nursing home. And that's where I don't think any older Canadian aspires to be in. Nobody wants to be there. Exactly. So the key is, you know, again, why would I recommend this? Because back to that question, what matters most to you? And I have not had an older patient, I don't think Fabio has either, who says, I want to be ill, I want to be frail, I want to enter a nursing home. They say all the opposite things. And that's where I say, again, this is why I get my influenza vaccination every year. This is why my patients joke in my clinic, they know their arm is not safe. Because if I find out that you haven't had your influenza vaccination, or your pneumonia vaccination, and you tell me you want to stay healthy and independent, then I say, you can't be my patient unless you're actually going to do all the things that are important to you and what's in line. Right. And so, and, and I think that's the key thing is we, we don't do a good enough job as physicians yeah. getting that advice out there. And we know that often when they hear it from Fabio, when they hear it from me, when they hear it from their family doctor, they're much more likely to give it. But sometimes we don't take vaccinations seriously. Yeah. And we don't take the advice that Fabio was just mentioning that we often can give our patients to remind them that actually there are things you can do to make living with chronic conditions much better for you and, and allow you to live a healthy and active life even if you're living with a chronic condition.
0: And Dr. Varlesi, I mean, you're talking to patients every day. There's the fear and suspicion, fear being the primary yeah. one. Yeah. You know, they don't have or they the information they have, they're they're suspicious of. And so how do you convince someone that it's even safe to go to a clinic or to go to a hospital to get the immunization that they need? So, so first of all, um,
1: I'd like to add that in regards to does the flu vaccination give me the flu or, or mm-hmm. what have you? But it's important to be able to explain that to him, uh, to, to the patient. Uh, this is not a virus. Uh, it's a particle of the virus. It can't give you the flu. But it is also true that a lot of patients do sometimes uh, have symptoms right after the flu vaccination. So it's important to distinguish... Yeah, you hear that
0: comment, I'm not going to get that vaccine yeah. because it gave me the flu. Right? So,
1: so that could be either, you know, developing redness, swelling uh, at the location, some muscle pains, some nausea, some headache, those that has nothing to do with the flu. Mm-hmm. Kids, for example, could become irritable after the flu shot. Again, nothing to do with the flu. But uh, so it's important to educate, counsel patients that, you know, to not confuse the two. Or if you do actually develop respiratory symptoms, it could be a totally either a benign, you know, virus. Mm-hmm. Many of the cold viruses could simulate what looks like the flu and and it's educating them about that the other thing is is that now nowadays it's not safe to just go to the hospital and get your vaccination we we want to Try to create safe havens so that patients could receive the flu vaccination, shingles, you know, vaccination, and pneumonia vax now in more controlled settings far away from, you know, the crowded hospitals, et cetera. And I think, Samir, you were
0: mentioning about that earlier. So, yeah, you know, and it's not only um, you get the vaccine to protect yourself. It's similar to to wearing a mask during COVID because you're going to be protecting yourself and, and possibly not spreading the virus to someone else and the same holds true of the flu vaccine in that if you get your flu shot and you ward off the flu you won't be in the hospital or won't be in the er taking up space for people suffering from something worse absolutely Absolutely. so you you know you'll take the strain off the medical system by getting your vaccine this year is more compelling
1: than ever to get your flu vaccination Um, there's confu- there's going to be confusion with COVID. Is it you know it's going to be COVID till proven otherwise. You know that that's a risk, yeah. and so we we can't afford flooding the hospitals this year in particular with with uh, with these viral illnesses. Same thing, Doctor Sinha.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think the key is I would say even right now, like we say, you know, do this to protect the hospitals or don't crowd them. But I would say screw the hospitals. Like just, I mean, this is about you protecting your own health and your own health and well-being. So this is an opportunity to be selfish and a good reason to be selfish, because if you think about it, right, you know, just as, as, as Dr. Varlazi was saying, right, you know, when you get these vaccinations, for example, you not only protect yourself, but you protect others around you. And this is why we recommend, especially if you're living in an intergenerational household, or, you know, you're interacting with your grandkids and that When your grandkids, for example, get um, the influenza vaccination it lowers the risk of them getting influenza and then passing them on to you. For right. example, if you're a grandparent, same with your children. So if you're asking, you know, kind of, they're like, "What do you want? Well, you know, you know, grandma, grandpa, what, what, what do you want for Christmas?" And I'm like, "Get your flu vaccinations, please." Um, and you can also get me that other thing that I want um, because these are the things that your family members can do to protect you. If you're an older person living with a chronic condition, they themselves can get vaccinated against influenza, um, and then again. If you're an older person, we recommend you get the pneumonia vaccination. You get the um, you get the shingles vaccination, for example. But the other thing is, this actually helps keep you out of the hospital. Most importantly, keeps yeah. your loved ones out of hospital. And that's the thing. Right now, we know that already going into the second wave of COVID-19 our hospitals are full they're going to be overwhelmed and the key is whenever an older person enters a hospital there's an increased risk of getting other infections and yep. other problems yep. or end up and we know that 1 in 3 people who leaves a, leaves a hospital as an older person leaves with a greater level of disability right? So they're functioning less well than they were before. And that means that often that's disability that they might not be able to get back. And that might be a level of disability that means they can't return home. So if anything, I would take a different tact. If you don't even care about the healthcare system, but you care about yourself, be selfish, because you being selfish actually not only helps you and your family members, but it actually is going to help the overall health system. So maybe that's a different, different way to, to think it through.
0: Yeah, and let's get back to the, the 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 three things that we're talking about. That is nutrition, lifestyle, and and uh, and overall health. So wellness is a major uh, issue these days. It is a word that you're starting to see everywhere. What does that mean to you when you talk to your patients, uh, Doctor Sinha, about
2: wellness? What do you tell them? Yeah, so. Often, you know, people say, you know, look, you know, I'm seven years old, you know, I've got, you know, I've got diabetes. Uh, I, I, you know, I can't go pump iron at the gym. I've, I don't like going to the gym, right? So when we think about wellness, for example, you know, wellness can be actually just very simple concepts. It can be about eating better, right? So we're, we're, we're talking about doing things like making sure that you're, you're eating a, a balanced diet, like lots of fruits and vegetables when you can, um, and try to make sure that you follow some basic things so that you're not eating excess sugar and fats and things that can that so it's often making sure that you're trying to maintain more of a well-balanced diet and just being more mindful what what you're doing it's also about making sure that you with some of the habits that you have that might not be healthy we say alcohol within moderation, so not excessive drinking. You can still enjoy a drink, a glass of wine, for example, but we're not talking about drinking yourself to a point where it could really cause problems. We're recommending not smoking. And then then finally, uh, when we come to the issue of exercise, for example, people say, look, I don't wanna go pub iron, I'm not gonna run a marathon or that exercise the exercise guidelines for all Canadians including older adults is the same it's basically 150 minutes a week where you basically can get your heart rate up where you're panting a bit and you know you can't really have a comfortable conversation and that can just be achieved by just going for a walk 30 minutes a day or for five days a week that's all you need to that's do that's your to cardio get
0: right nutrition. get that cardio yeah. up
2: there Exactly. So yeah. we're not talking about running a marathon or pumping iron, but it's just those little things that we can do can make a world of difference. It helps us sleep better, it actually regulates our weight better, um and and those sorts of and it, and it just keeps your heart and your brain healthy. Um and you know as, as Dr. Varlesi knows as well, we both see lots of people living with dementia and these sorts of things, um exercise um, making sure your blood pressure is under control. This actually helps prevent you from developing dementia as well, which is something that we we know that these are the things you can do um, to keep yourself healthy and well. So that's when we talk about wellness, we're not talking about filling yourself full of vitamins and, and doing crazy things. It's actually just a lot of applied common sense that actually will make a huge difference Simple stuff. no matter how old you are. Simple stuff.
0: Uh, Dr. Verlazzi, do do you, do you- do you ever get frustrated dealing with patients who come to you and, and with, with the same questions and you keep delivering the same answers and you wonder, is it like I'm talking to the wall? Is anyone paying attention to the, to the advice I'm giving them? Because I know the advice I'm giving them is valid if they would just pay attention.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, thank God I don't get frustrated with those uh, those questions. And uh, I, I actually enjoy the aspect of counselling uh, my patients, educating them uh, to this. Uh, certainly the healthcare system uh, should spend more uh, of their resources also on the aspects of prevention and counselling, etc. But thank God I got into medicine and I'm sure Samir for the same reason. Uh, we, we, we love our patients and we know that um, Uh, dedicating that extra minute in in counseling and education always makes a difference. And eventually, I find uh, that they do
0: come around and they do start making some of those positive changes. Right. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Sinha, tell us a little bit before we go here about your study with living with chronic diseases uh, through the NIA.
2: So, absolutely. So, a lot of the work that we do through our National Institute on Aging at Ryerson is really focused on helping um, older adults think about how they can remain independent, productive, and engaged, how they can lead healthy and active lives. Mm -hmm. And that's where we really start promoting these things about wellness. And again, not rocket science, but why just getting 150 minutes a week of exercise is good? Um, Why? Um, why that uh, making sure that you're not smoking you're drinking in moderation um, and you're getting those vaccinations those are all things that you can do but I I just want to I just want to finish by basically saying that people say well okay so I'm listening to this I'm 85 like really like I, I think I've done all these mistakes and I don't even know if it's worth getting started at this point. And the good news is it is, is. It's, it's it, No matter what age you are, it's never too late. And I'll tell you this one study that I like to promote. It was done in Sweden, and it looked at 18,000 18, older adults, 75 and older. And what it found is if you just do these three things – versus not doing any of these three things, you will live five years longer after the age of 75 um, and in a more healthy situation. And it's these three simple things. Number one was not smoking. Number two, it was just getting some exercise on a regular basis, right? Again, not pumping iron, going for a walk is sufficient. And number three, it was actually maintaining good social connections. And I, I wanted to mention that because, uh, this pandemic has really isolated a lot of older adults. Sure has, um, yep. and I think for a lot of families, they're kind of saying, "I'm not seeing my mom as much. I don't know what to do these days." But maintaining those social connections, even just a phone call, even you know a Zoom call, um, any of these sorts of things, but you know, making sure that we maintain meaningful social connections, because if you did those three things, not smoking regular exercise and maintaining social connections that actually helped these older adults live five years longer than others who were not doing these things at all. So it reminds us that it's never too late to do some of the things we talked about. You're never too old to get your vaccinations. You're never too old to start going for a walk um, and spending more time with others. Right. Um, and so I think that's the good hopeful news is that even if people say, I've, I've never really done great at these things, but I'd like to get started. Um, I think as Fabio was just saying, it's never too late. Um, and there are little things you can do. And those little things can mean the difference between you being, for example, in a nursing home and you being able to stay independent in your own home. And that's, that's the goal of the work we do through the NIA and that, that I like to promote as a physician.
0: Dr. Samir Sinha, thank you very much for your input today. And Dr. Fabio Verlese, thank you as well. Uh, great advice. And folks, pay attention to the science. And the science is get a flu shot first and foremost. And you can do that. Go on the, the web and go to myflushot.ca. Thanks very much for being with us today. Some final thoughts now with Dr. Varlese's prescription to aging better. So Dr. Varlese, that was really helpful today because it's encouraging, I think, for senior citizens to know that the experts in medicine are concerned about them and doing studies, continuing studies into their lifestyles and how they can improve their lives as they move forward. Absolutely, many studies around the
1: world, many academic centers really studying aging and, uh, and it's very exciting because um, when you're in your 80s and 90s, possibly, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't mean that you cannot enjoy life. And really, what we're trying to do is to really uh, uh, extend uh, the quality of life of, uh, of the aging population as much as possible. You know, chronic disease is does come with aging. I mean, the opportunity of chronic disease comes with aging, yeah. and that's what we need to understand. So, again, um, prevention goes a long way. Uh, focusing on receiving the optimized medical care from your doctor, being on the right medications, getting your flu shot, Uh, but also look at the pneumonia vaccination with your primary care physician and the shingles vaccination, but then look at lifestyle because simple things may have a massive impact on outcome. And that is not smoking, perhaps a glass of wine a day, but then daily physical activity, nutrition, proper diet, healthy, wholesome foods, Um, all of these things will make an impact on the quality
0: of life of the aging population. So if you pay attention and plan ahead, you can enjoy a wonderful life. Thanks very much for that today, Dr. Pleasure, appreciate it. Questions about Aging Better can be emailed to info at agingbetter.ca or by visiting our website at agingbetter.ca. Aging Better in Uncertain Times brought to you by Jewel 88.5 L'Oreal. Abacana and Sanofi Pastor, in part through an educational grant. Be sure to drop in for your next doctor's visit on Juul 88.5, Sundays at 8.30 a.m. or at Juul885.com. Until next time, I'm Gord Martino with Dr. Fabio Varlese, along with producers Dominic Shulo and David Sirsta. Be well and stay safe.